from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. On today's podcast, we're going to reconnect with this biblical tradition and talk about how we can find happiness and stay in joy, not just now, but all year long. As usual, our starting point will be a verse from this week's Torah reading, a verse from the book of Exodus, where Moses was commanded to create two new stone tablets to replace the old ones that he shattered. We'll discover powerful lessons about creating happiness in our own lives in spite of the brokenness around us. We've spent enough time feeling down. Are you ready to be happy? Let's go. Every week, Jews around the world read and study the same Torah portion known as the Parsha. This week's Parsha is called Kitisa, which means when you count, and it covers Exodus 30.11 through 34.35. In this Torah portion, we read about the sin of the golden calf. Scripture tells us that Moses went up to Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments, but when he didn't return as quickly as the Israelites thought he would, they panicked and sinned. The Israelites built an idol, a golden calf, as a replacement for Moses, who they thought would never return. But as we know, Moses did return. And when he did, he was devastated to see the Israelites worshiping the golden calf. When Moses saw the people sinning, he smashed the tablets, which he had just received from God. He destroyed the calf and rebuked the nation. And when the dust settled, he pleaded with God to forgive them. Ultimately, God forgave the children of Israel, and he gave them a new set of tablets to replace the first ones. The verse that I want to focus on today tells us about Moses' role in creating the second set of tablets. It is Exodus 34.1, and I'm going to read it to you now. The Lord said to Moses, Chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones, and I will write on them the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. The verse tells us that God commanded Moses to make two tablets just like the first set of tablets, and that God would write the same words, the Ten Commandments, on the new set. Scripture tells us that these holy tablets were made from stone, but it doesn't tell us what kind of stone. According to Jewish tradition, the tablets were made out of sapphire, or in Hebrew, sapir. By the way, sapir is actually my daughter's name, and she definitely shines like a sapphire. She is my precious gem. And she's sitting right here next to me coloring as I record this podcast. (laughs) But sapphire was chosen for the tablets not just because it is a valuable and beautiful stone. The rabbis explain that the blue color of sapphire reminds people of the sky and of God in the heavens. Jewish tradition also teaches that when God directed Moses to chisel out the new tablets, he had trouble finding sapphire to make them from. After all, he was in the middle of the desert. He looked everywhere for that precious stone, but he just couldn't find it. 
So eventually, God appeared to Moses and told him where it was. It turned out to be in the only place that Moses hadn't looked, right beneath his own tent. The very thing that Moses was seeking was right beneath him all along. There is a profound lesson here for all of us in this story. Everyone is searching for happiness and fulfillment in life. But like Moses, many of us look in all of the wrong places. We look everywhere but where we are. We think we'll find happiness in a new car, in a different house, or in an exotic vacation. We think, if only my spouse were different, my child was easier, or my job was better, then everything would be great. But the truth is that we already have everything that we need to be happy, right here, right now. Here's the thing. If we keep looking for happiness in other places, other people, or other situations, we'll never find it. And we can miss out on the joy that is possible if only we would see the treasures already in our lives. There's an old Jewish tale about a pious Jew who lived in the city of Prague. He was a poor man, but one night he had a dream that he traveled to Vienna and found a buried treasure at the base of the bridge leading to the king's palace. At first, the man dismissed the dream as nonsense, but it kept repeating itself night after night, and he started to believe that maybe, just maybe, its message was true. So the man went to Vienna, to the bridge that led to the king's palace. When he got there, he wanted to dig for the treasure, but the bridge was heavily guarded by the king's men. The man paced back and forth, back and forth at the base of the bridge for days, trying to figure out what to do. Finally, one of the guards demanded to know what he was up to. The poor man was scared, so he told the guard all about his dream and the buried treasure. The guard burst out laughing and said, that's ridiculous. If I followed my visions, I'd be on my way to Prague right now. Just last night, I had a dream about a treasure buried under the house of a poor Jew in Prague. Wow. After hearing that, the Jewish man rushed home and dug in his cellar. And you guessed it, he found a buried treasure. It had been right underneath him all along. Like Moses, this man had been searching in the wrong place. And like Moses, what he was looking for was right beneath the surface of his own home. And the same is true for all of us. We don't need to look any further than our own home to find everything that we need to feel happy and fulfilled. We may need to look beneath the surface, but our treasure is there, just waiting for us to claim it. I love this message because it reminds me that no matter what is happening in my life or in the world, no matter where I'm at in life, I can always find happiness and fulfillment in the way things are right here, right now. And I've been thinking about this message a lot lately because we are in the Hebrew month of Adar, a month all about happiness. 
actually, this year we will have two Adars. It's a leap year on the Hebrew calendar, and when that happens, we add an extra month to the year. And that extra month is always an extra Adar. We have Adar 1 and Adar 2, which means that this year we get 60 days of extra happiness. Why is the month of Adar the month associated with happiness? Because this is the month that we celebrate the holiday of Purim, the holiday that was established in the book of Esther. In Esther 9, 21-22, we read, Celebrate annually the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar as the time when the Jews got relief from their enemies and as the month when their sorrow was turned into joy and their mourning into a day of celebration. You see, the days of Purim and the month of Adar were established as a time of happiness because this is the time when the wicked Haman planned to annihilate the Jews But God saved them, and the enemies of the Jews were destroyed instead. In Esther 8.16, we read that when the Jews heard that their lives would be saved, they were filled with joy. The verse says, It was a time of happiness and joy, gladness and honor. And ever since then, the entire month of Adar has been observed as a happy time every single year. In the Talmud, a 1,500-year-old compilation of Jewish teachings, the rabbis taught, When Adar begins, we increase our joy. During Adar, we are supposed to be extra happy. But here's the question. How do we do that? It's easy to press a button or turn a dial if we want to turn up the volume of sound. But how do we turn up the volume on happiness? And what about during difficult times, like many people have been experiencing over the last few years during the pandemic? How can we be happy when there is so much getting us down? Is our happiness really in our control? Well, my friends, the answer is a very clear yes. Yes, we can choose to be happy. Yes, we can be happy even during tough times. Yes, we can be joyful even when life isn't the way that we wanted it to be. How? I think it goes back to the lesson from our verse in this week's Parsha. Nothing needs to change in our outer circumstances. We don't need to go anywhere or change anything in order to find happiness. Because real happiness doesn't come from anything that is outside of us, but rather joy, it comes from the inside. A few weeks ago, I found myself in a difficult situation. Three out of four of my kids were sick, and then my husband, who is an amazing father and an incredibly helpful husband, started burning up with fever too. So I was taking care of my three kids, my husband, and trying not to fall behind on work. I was barely keeping it together when I got a call from my daughter's school telling me that she was exposed to COVID and needed to come home in quarantine. That meant that I would have all four kids at home, three sick, one in quarantine, a sick husband, and a ton of work to get done, and not to even mention the laundry and the dishes and the cooking. It was dreary outside, a rainy winter day, and I felt my mood starting to match that weather. But then I caught myself and I said, 
you know what? I'm not going to get down. I have so much to be happy about. I'm blessed to be strong and healthy so that I can take care of my family. I'm blessed to have four kids and a husband. I'm blessed to have meaningful work to do. And when it rains in Israel, which depends on rainfall, it's always a blessing. In that moment, I suddenly shifted, refocused, and I found my happiness right where I was, in the same situation that could have brought me down. I made a decision to change my perspective, and that made all the difference in my reality. In Psalms 100, verse 2, we read, Ivdu et Hashem besimcha, which means in English, serve God with gladness. The Hebrew word besimcha, which is translated as with gladness, literally means with happiness. The verse tells us that we need to serve God with joy, no matter what is going on in our lives. And there's something really interesting about the Hebrew word besimcha. When the letters are rearranged, they form the Hebrew word machsheva, which means thought. This teaches us that our joy depends on how we arrange our thoughts. Our happiness doesn't depend on our circumstances. It depends on how we perceive our circumstances. A few years ago, I watched an inspiring interview with a woman named Alice Summers. At the time, Alice was 108 years old, and she was the oldest living Holocaust survivor. She died two years later at the age of 110. During the interview, she was asked what the secret is to a long and happy life. And you know what she answered? Optimism. We need to look for the good. Life is beautiful, and we have to be thankful that we are living. Then she added, I know about bad things, but I look to the good things. This is good advice that's relevant for anyone who wants to be happy. It's all about what we choose to focus on, how we arrange the thoughts in our head. But this advice is even more meaningful coming from a Holocaust survivor like Alice. Alice saw the worst and lived through the most horrific experiences. She lost a lot of family in the Holocaust, including her mother and her husband. And she spent years in a Nazi concentration camp with her young son, where she suffered terribly and had to watch her innocent child suffer too. But even after all of that, Alice was a happy person because she made a decision to focus on the good, to be thankful for her blessings, and to be joyful. And if Alice was able to find joy despite everything that she went through, can't we all find a way to be happy too? In Jewish thought, the decision to be happy is one of the most important decisions that we will ever make. The rabbis taught that happiness keeps a person from sinning, and brings us closer to God. Happiness gives us strength and protects us from harm. Being in joy is a form of spiritual health. And Proverbs twenty two seventeen says, A joyful heart is good medicine. 
Being happy keeps our bodies healthy and vibrant too. But if you struggle to stay happy by keeping your thoughts happy, especially if you are going through a difficult time, I have another idea for you. Sometimes we can change how we feel by changing our thoughts. But other times, even that seems too hard. So instead of working on our head, we need to go straight to the heart. And one of the most powerful ways to do that is through music. The full verse of Psalm 100, verse 2 is, Iv du et Hashem b'simcha, bo lefanav birnana. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with the joyful songs. The rabbis taught that this verse teaches us to come before God with joyful songs so that we can serve him in a state of happiness. Yes, you understood that correctly, and it might not be a surprise. Music can help us become happy and stay joyful. Holocaust survivor Alice Summers wasn't only known for her exceptional optimism, she was also known for her musical talent. She played the piano her entire life until she died at 110 years old. Even when she was in the concentration camps, the Nazis used Alice for her musical ability, and she credits music for saving her life. It gave her hope and joy during that dark time. In the Jewish tradition, one rabbi stressed the power of music more than any other. He was known as Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, and he lived during the 18th century in the Ukraine, also a difficult time for the Jews. Not surprisingly, Rabbi Nachman was also known for emphasizing the importance of joy. He taught that we have an obligation to stay in joy and to bring joy to others. And he taught his followers to use music as a way to stay happy and a way to make others happy. Even to this day, Rabbi Nachman has many followers, and they are still famous for their joy and for their music. In fact, if you come to Israel, you just might experience it for yourself. In today's day and age, this is how Rabbi Nachman's followers spread joy. They paint cars or vans with bright, happy colors and attach a loudspeaker to it. Then they drive all over Israel playing joyful songs about hope and faith. There are literally hundreds of cars like this all over the country. You could be stuck in traffic, feeling stressed, and then all of a sudden one of these cars might pull up beside you, playing loud, happy Jewish music. And if traffic is at a complete standstill, the people in the car will probably get out and start dancing too, usually on the roof of the car. Can you picture it? How can that not make you smile? Or at least a little less stressed about being in traffic. We call this an only an Israel experience, where you aren't going to see this anywhere else in the world. I know it sounds crazy, but I can tell you from firsthand experience that it really works. These people bring so much joy. I remember the first time that I experienced this phenomenon. I had just moved to Israel. I was young and still trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. At the time, my job was working in the mailroom of the fellowship offices in Jerusalem, 
And I was feeling kind of down because all I did was put stamps on envelopes and I felt like I might never do anything significant in my life. There was another woman in the office who was much older than I was. She had been married for a long time, never had children, and she just had another miscarriage. We were both doing our jobs and feeling down when a car pulled up to our building, blasting happy music outside. The words of the song were all about being happy, about never losing hope, and about never giving in to despair. Suddenly, in an instant, we were transported out of our misery and into a place of hope and happiness. My friend started clapping and dancing and smiling with a joy that I hadn't seen in a long time. It only lasted a few minutes. The car moved on to the next block. But those few minutes were enough to change our mindset. The music was like sunshine, chasing away the stormy clouds in our head and shining light straight into our hearts. During the month of Adar, the Jewish people do a lot of singing and dancing in order to increase our level of happiness. It's a tried and true method. Just about every Jewish day school marks the first day of Adar with music and dancing. And in Israel, we see more of these musical cars spreading their joy through the country. My daughter came home with face paint all over And she said that during school, they put on face paint and were just dancing around the classrooms, singing and making all the other classes happy. In our home, where music is always an important part of our lives, we play even more music than usual. And we dance for no other reason than because it's Adar and it's time to be happy. We literally turn up the volume on our happiness by turning up the volume of our music. And one of the best things about music is that it's always available to us. If you can't play an instrument like me, you can listen to music. And if you can't listen to music, you can sing, even if you have a terrible voice like me. And if you can't sing, you can always listen to the music in your heart. Okay, I have one last tip for being happy and staying happy, especially in hard times. No matter how depressing things may seem, we can always pray to God and ask him to help us stay in joy. Jewish people end every Sabbath with a special service called Havdalah. It marks the end of the Sabbath and the beginning of the new week. The service includes a prayer based on Esther 8.16. We pray. For the Jews, it was a time of happiness and joy Gladness and honor, so may it be for us. La Yehudim Haita Ora Vesimcha Vesasom Vaikar Kentie Lanu. That's how you say that verse in Hebrew. We ask God to bless us in the coming week with the joy and happiness that was experienced in Esther's time. And with God's help, it's possible to feel this kind of happiness to stay joyful, and to serve God with gladness no matter how challenging things may be. In Isaiah 12.3 we read, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. This verse teaches us that joy makes it possible to taste God's goodness and the sweetness of his salvation no matter what is happening in our lives. This week, let's think about how we can be happy and stay joyful. 
Can you rediscover the treasures already in your life? Can you focus on your blessings? Can you reframe your challenges by seeing them from a positive perspective? Maybe you can make some time for music, play an instrument, or listen to inspiring songs, dance and sing by yourself or with others. Or maybe you can share your music with someone else. What else keeps you in a joyful state of mind? Tell me about it. I want to know. God wants us to be joyful, and everything we need to be happy is already with us. A treasure trove of happiness awaits us all. We need only to claim it. Shavuot Tov, my friends. Have a wonderful week, a happy week from here in Israel. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.